Welcome back to the Waterboys podcast. We've done our sound check this time. I'm here with my co-host Josh. We're here on a beautiful Saturday mo- afternoon. I was going to say morning. It feels like the morning. <laughs> feels like the morning. How are you today, Josh? Good and you, buddy? I'm okay. So we're about 10% done of the season. About Everyone's played about 10 games so far. 10 to 13, sorry. We've had a few surprise teams, but we're going to hone in on some players. I know you had some picks, but two players that come to my mind, Desmond Bain and OG Ananobli, who are your picks? Well, I went with, you know what? See, once upon a time when we did this about a pandemic and three years ago, uh, remember we did an episode about guys we expected to take off that year? I re- was it before that last episode about Giannis? Uh, no, it was, well, it doesn't matter when it was, but it was, we did that at one point, And I think in that episode, I ended up picking Laurie Markin and Anthony Simons to take off that year. Oh, yes. So I'm just going to do a repeat of that this year because I feel it's warranted. I feel it's super warranted with how Laurie is playing on Utah and how Anthony is getting more freedom on the uh, Blazers. I think we've both watched quite a bit of Utah since last week. I'm really surprised about Laurie and that whole team in general, but Markinen's taken a huge step forward. Yes. I think it has to do a lot with the way they're playing. I don't really think it has to do anything with what he's doing. I mean, he's taken a regression in terms of three-point shooting. So even though he is making them, I mean, it, it, really has nothing to do with it it's just more that he's taking more shots this year i think he's taking a lot more drives to the basket from what i was watching against the lakers i was really focusing on him versus ad because ad is still considered one of the premier big men in our league i think in that game laurie had his way with davis in the second half that first half he was getting ran over by davis though so he is a little bit of a slow starter. He is. Another thing that even though he has improved, I will say that he does need to improve a lot on the uh, on the defensive side of, of the game. Like I know his numbers are exploding right now, um, but his defense is a lot to, you know, improve. I've seen how a bunch of teams attack him, especially I don't know if you saw that game against Atlanta. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. They were actually sort of aiming for him, especially in that fourth quarter once, you know, the game started to, you know, ramp up and they were down by like four points, the Hawks, and they were trying to get back into it. They were just seeking out that matchup. Anyone they get, they, they had going, they were actually starting to go at Markinen. And it is a high i mean i think it's proof that his his defense has to improve if the other team is actively seeking you especially in crunch time i think one telling sign i didn't watch the atlanta game one telling sign that i saw when ad was having his way and ad does not look the same this year he looks a lot slower and i was like i don't know if Lori can really guard the top tier of big men well, you shouldn't be expecting that of them too, but at least hold your own against them. I don't know if 
I probably have an idea of what John Collins did to him in that game. Probably had his way. But who else was going at him that game? Well, I mean, obviously, you have Trey Young going at him, right? That was like the one that was actually seeking actively, especially in that fourth quarter. I think there were like at least, I think there were three possessions actively just trying to get that switch, you know, off that pick. Want, you know, switch the defender. And then Trey's like, all right, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I'm going to go at. But then for as much as his defense was bad, his offense it came in pretty handy, especially in at clutch time. I think he had something like eight points around those last three, three, two minutes of the game, and especially the last bucket. I think comes off a comes off a rebound, which that's another thing. I, I think he's really worked on worked out. He seems I don't know. Does he seem more cut to you? It seems more cut to me. And he seems a lot more sturdy right? when he's playing down there, for sure. Right. I just think his foot speed betrays him in those well, situations. Well, I mean, at that at that size, what do you really expect, right? We're not going to expect him to be super fast or anything. But, you know, like I said, that, that the shot he hits to clinch the game, basically, get he fights for the rebound between two Hawks, right? Two players just grabs it boom shoots it back up and then that was game so for as much as he's a minus on defense he can still help out an offense so he's not going to be a complete loss right he's still going to be able to make up for it and i mean he was a high scorer that game i think he had 20 points or something in in, in that in the game against the hawks right now his offense does outweigh his defense by a lot his defense is not terrible to the point where you have to bench him in crutch situ- clutch situations but it is a concern moving forward but that utah team do have enough pieces to keep going as well yes and i mean they don't really have big men can that can really defend on that team other than walker walker kessler He's very raw. I mean, he, that's he, that's a problem. Yeah. He's a rookie, though, right? He's, but he's he is known for his, you know, defensive attributes, and he, for as much as he is a rookie and he is raw, there are a lot of times where the guy, you know, he actually tries to contest all the shots. But anyways, we're getting off topic here. But yes, uh, to me, one of the guys that got enough to a hot start, Markinen. Which is fair. What about Anthony Simons? Anthony Simons, that man has been shooting lights out. Holy. Do you uh, think they made the right decision trading CJ? I mean, yeah. Think about it, Nick. You, They were stuck for a while in the same spot, right? Coming off a bunch of injuries. Dame is injured. You have a You have a young kid here that you see some potential in. And then you still have another asset in CJ. You can't keep all three of them realistically if you want to start advancing more, right? Because you were going to have to eventually pay Anthony out. And you still got assets for, for CJ. And look at look at Anthony. He's just killing it right now. His shooting, his playmaking, the fact that they have another guy other than Lillard who can take over the game too, has a lot to do with it. That I don't know if you saw the game against the Hornets, but Anthony just went off against that team. And another thing about having Anthony and Lillard play at the same time, Lillard's I don't know if you've noticed, but you've been they've been able to have Lillard 
play off the ball more where Anthony is handling it. You know, you create a pick here and there. And then next thing you know, you have Lillard on the corner. He's wide open. Hit him. It's Lillard. It's going to hit that shot more than more times than not. I think with that trailblazer team, they're reloaded to, and they're a lot better. I think they're just missing one piece. I think Aiton would fit in that pe- or fit in that team well. With Anthony, his shooting has dropped a little bit this year, but he has a lot more volume towards his shots. Exactly. So he's had a five point bump up from seventeen to twenty two this year, but he's taking a lot more threes and a lot more shots. Yes, and especially in that Hornets game where he was, he was off. His three point shooting was off. I think he had a bad shooting night i think he was shooting 33 or 33 percent. i don't know i can't exactly what he was shooting that night from three it was a bad night but you know he has other he has other attributes to his game like driving and just the ball movement on that team too helps out quite a bit they're they try to cut they try to penetrate the defense kick it out they'll always find someone open to hit to hit a shot I mean, he had back-to-back bad games against um, Hornets and who did they play? Uh, Pelicans, right? Yes, the Pelicans. Yeah, he had back-to-back bad nights. Took 18 shots both nights. Only made five against the Pels, seven against the Hornets. But he does put that pressure on them. Yeah. And you need that. Yeah, he was a huge part of it. And I mean, that's the only reason why they were really able to beat the Hornets out. Right especially on a night when you don't have Dame on the court, that someone's going to have to take over, and he took over. For as much as he had a bad shooting night, he still put up those numbers. He's still able to produce. I think with how that team is situated, it does allow Anthony to... I can't pronounce his first name for the life of me. It does allow him to take those shots, and they're not going to be punished for it. Do you think moving forward it's going to be his team, or do you think... They're just going to go to Lillard. Oh, for sure. You still have Lillard. I, I feel until Lillard takes a huge regression, which we're still not seeing right now, it's still going to be Lillard's team. But having Anthony, you know, come up big in these games where Lillard's injured and that's going to happen, uh, unfortunately, more and more now that he's getting older, you're going to be able to depend on him and you're not going to lose as much you're not going to feel it as much because you still have him and you still have uh, Jeremy in there. You right? still have our Canadian boy down, down there too. Oh man. That was, see, I was going to do a whole thing on Shaden Sharp, but I decided Anthony warranted more of a, you know, little part of our podcast, a little segment. Exactly. But Shaden Sharp, man, holy, I, I like that kid. He's nice. I think and that Portland team is very exciting in general. Just mi- they're missing one more piece, one more major piece, I would say. Also, did you know Shaden Sharp? I don't think he even played a college game before he played pro. He barely played. He barely played. I think he moved straight from Canada. No, he went to a prep school, I believe. Something like that. I yeah. think he was in high school and then in like that. He was in high school in December, and then January he signed with a college team. And after that, I think he he was able to go pro. I don't know how it worked out, but I know he barely played college. And the way he's playing right now, it's 
I mean, he took a step back shot against someone. I can't remember. It was a while back. And I was like, holy crap, who is this kid? And man, kudos. There's, a lot, there's, of a, there's a lot of Canadians this year. A lot of Canadians coming are up. Are warranting like lots of Catherine reels. Benedict. Oh my goodness. Be- Benedict Matherin this year is like has been my crush for basketball. Like, holy, oh, that man is on fire, Nick. I was going to give him a part two today, but I, we don't have that much time. So we'll, we'll go on to your guys if you like. Well, keeping with the Canadian theme, we have the Raptors. We also have OG Ananobi. So OG. OG. Statistically, you know, if you're just a normal person that doesn't really pay attention to basketball and you're like, eh, numbers look the same. You know, taking a little bit of a step back this year shooting-wise. But his steals per game, he's at 3.1, I believe, or 3.0. So he leads the league in steals. Have you noticed anything in terms of his defense? I've noticed he is a lot more cut and bigger and sturdy on defense. He loves reading those passing lanes too. I think he's taken a huge step up defensively. I don't think you can go at him in a one-on-one matchup. Offensively, though, he's a, he has taken a little bit of a step back. Yeah, but I think the fact that Spicy P's taken a huge step forward this year, because you know, a lot of people are even saying he's got got into a point where he could make an All NBA team. I don't think it hurts too much for OG to take that small step back. Right, because you got someone else making up for it already. But if he can become a defensive specialist, like that would that would be pretty good for for them. Even though like a lot of them are already really good defensively. I don't think his creation is what I would want out of a two way wing. His three point shot is still pretty solid and dependable. But with the Raptors' struggles now, it's like who do you find to take that step? And cover for Spicy P. Then you have Fred Fred Fan Fleet. Then you have OG. Then you have Scotty Barnes to plug that hole. But I don't think those three are equipped to handle that. Especially OG. I've seen him take it off the dribble against OKC. And I didn't like what I saw there. I thought he struggled quite a bit that game. But it was an off game for the Raptors in general. They were getting destroyed. Defensively missing assignments. Not bumping the role man, all ball watching. So that team is interesting, and I don't know where OG fits in the big picture. Maybe to get that big superstar, you know, send a couple picks, I mean, maybe him. I'm not trying to be that person, but also... They're playing the team that has the player that they want, yeah, and exactly. I could see how he fits on that team. Right. Well, I mean, Oklahoma's going to be looking for for more picks if they could get picks and pretty sure they're going to want SGA. They're going to have to give up some picks and probably give OG up. Right. But then other than that, I don't see them. What else would, I I don't know that you would send any other player down there for SGA. But I don't know if I would send OG. He's made such a defensive leap forward. I think that that just keeps him on the floor no matter what. Even if you can't, even if your offense isn't there some nights, or if your shooting's off, you still have your defense to fall back on. But 
I think it's still a little too early to tell with about 12 or sorry, 10% of the season done. Lots of things can change though. Lots of things can change. There's still a lot of basketball. That team's still figuring out what they need to do. I mean, they have two starters out, Precious and Siakam. So it's, I don't doubt Nick Nurse. I think he can make the adjustments, but it's every team's going to deal with these injuries. Can we give a shout out to Coloco too? I <laughs> I like his defense. I'm sorry. I just I, I couldn't help myself. All right, there's there's my small bit. You like Coloco? Okay, that's I, fair. I like him defensively. He he really tries, man. And yeah, defensively, he's so good. I love I love what I see from that guy. Moving to another former Canadian team, or sorry, to another Canadian team that should never have been moved. Yeah, don't go there, Nick. Anyway. <laughs> The Memphis Grizzlies. Desmond Bain, he's taken a huge step forward. I think he's averaging about 24 points this year. Him and Morant have been fireworks on offense. And defensively, he's still solid as ever. I like what I see from him creation-wise. I think he can take it to the hoop. He uses that three-point shot to leverage for his drives. I think right now they can hold it until Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. But there's still something missing in Memphis. I don't think Bain is the problem. I don't think Morant's the problem. I think our other Canadian buddy is the problem here. (laughs) You're really not letting off of him, even though he's coming off injury, are you? I don't think Brooks is. I think he's a little overrated, to be honest. thing is, I do think believe he may be their best defensive player but with bane i think with him stepping up do you keep brooks or do you let go of brooks is this this is a contract year if i'm not mistaken right he should be like his contract should be up and he should be trying to re-sign the guy i believe for brooks for brooks yes but let me see the, here. But I see what you're saying. His offense is really r- radical, you know? Like, sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not. And the thing is, he sort of goes off off the script, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this crazy shot. That's the bad side of him. But defensively, like, you know, he's all over players. He He tries anything to disrupt them. Defensively, he's really good. On the offense, he leaves a lot to be desired. But anyways, back to Bain. Dude, Bain yesterday against... Who was it that they played? I can't even remember now, man. I'm so old. Anyways, his two men against the Wolves, his his play with Adams was really good. That got them a lot of offense yesterday. It was just amazing. Adams would just set the pick, and then Bain would just make the right decision all the time, whether it be taking a three driving to the hoop, or even driving and kicking it out, he would always find the guy that's open. This year, I think they were saying that he, him and Morant have gotten 30 points in two games. And another thing that I have been noticing is that they don't play Morant and Bain a lot together. I feel like they were separated a lot. And I guess they really do want Bain to take over once or with that second unit, which makes total sense, right? Makes total sense the way he's just handling the ball, making the right decisions and everything. But 
with Bane, it's when you look at his offense, it's a lot more calm. He doesn't do anything crazy. He makes his reads, and he, like I said, he leverages that three point shot a lot. Some of the threes that he takes are not crazy, but the drives that he has are beautiful. He uses Adams very well on the screen, like you were mentioning, especially against the T Wolves. I mean, T-Wolves are a mess, but that's another episode for itself. With with their current situation right now, they're 9-4, and four, which is great. You know, they're holding the ship until a key piece comes back. A lot of people were saying they were going to take a huge step back. They've taken they- a little bit of a... St- I think defensively, sometimes they don't lock in as much as I like. Sometimes they do have those little gaps in a focus yeah but they are missing a key piece as well so i'll give them that but they are holding ship right now and they're doing a hell of a job man yesterday minnesota cannot get cannot get near that team i mean it is minnesota though i mean it is minnesota that 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 team has a whole set of problems by itself something's rotten in that organization the team that always makes the wrong decision. I mean, a little bit of success and you trade your future for a compete now team. A compete now that's probably not going to win a championship. I mean, if you want to call the Lakers a failure this year, then I'll call the T-Wolves a failure. Oh, man. Don't even talk about the Lakers. That was. Did you watch the game last night? That was painful. That was super painful to watch. I we had a chance. Holy. We had a chance and we couldn't put it away. Okay, so now that we've talked about who, you know, got off to a hot start, guess who has the high who has the highest chance to get the number one overall pick for next season? No, not the Rockets, right? <laughs> no. The Lakers. Sorry, the Pelicans. There we go. <laughs> the Pelicans are the Lakers. Great moves, bro. Great moves. Yep. And this one's gonna come back to bite them in the butt. I mean, T-Wolves are going to join us in the next few years as well. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Utah's going to be balling, and they're going to get another high draft pick. How awesome is that going to be for them? Right. A lot of weird things happening in, in the league right now. I mean, the Bucks being on top of the East is still the thing that's normal, but there's a lot of weird things happening this year. There's also disappointments, or sorry, disappointing players to start off this year. I think we'll tackle that next episode. We'll try. I try to be about positivity. Positivity. That was the biggest lie ever. <laughs> I just wanted not to be throwing a bunch of players under the bus, you know, like Jordan Poole. Oh, yeah. Him and his three carry calls in one game against, was it Miami? <laughs> it was against Miami. James Wiseman being benched. Oh, yeah. So there's a whole nother topic right there. Carl Anthony Towns being the non-leader that he is. Oh, you mean Foul City? You mean... Uh, Lord of the Fouls? Lord of the Fouls. You mean Timberwolves? Timber Fouls in the first half? Yeah. What yeah. is that? You mean the Timberwolves trading Wiggins for D'Lo and they're refusing to extend them and have no cap space? They're in trouble, man. They're in trouble for sure. I There's no doubting that. There's no doubting that they're in trouble if they don't if they're not able to turn this around pretty quickly here. 
anyways, Nick, anything else? Any other players you want to talk? I think we'll move on to the negative aspect of disappointing players, but I think those four players, I really love watching them. As I am guilty of not watching Simons in the Trailblazers mm. as much as I would like to, but Laurie Markinen, he's a treat to watch. I love him. Desmond Bain, he's, he's, I think he's only, uh, him and Blake are only two players that I know of that have a negative wingspan comparative to their height. Fun fact. That's interesting. Dude, dude looks built too. Oh, oh he looks has. He looks built. He has T-Rex arms. Oh, and Jimmy Butler too. Yeah. And OG, you know, always a treat to watch because the Raptors are always on. Question. Who was the last rookie to win six man of the year? Last rookie to win six man of the year? Yes. And I'll, this leads to something Ooh. that we talked about earlier. I don't know. Who is it? So Ben Gordon, last rookie to win six man of the year. This year, we already have one guy that's going off from the rookies. So Benedict Matherin. Being the guy coming off the bench, I don't think he's going to be able to be Bancaro. But if he keeps it up, the man is averaging 23, 20, was it 23 or 22 points a game. I think we might. I think you're going to do a Canadian have, segment next we, time. We might have a six man of the year uh, that, is, that is a rookie this year okay. if he keeps it up. If he keeps it up, I mean. Seven of the eight games he's played, he's had 20 points. I think you want to do a Canadian rookie sec- oh, segment. Oh, man, there's, there's like a lot to go to go through in terms of that, but we, we'll leave that one for later. But I'm just leaving that on the table. Benedict Matherin, if you guys haven't watched him, you have to watch him. He's uh, just sharp. amazing to watch. Sharp is a high flyer too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's, there's man, he's, that's, the, that's the issue with Canada. Got all these guards. We need we need some tall players. If you are a tall player and you measure more than six foot nine, could you please learn how to play basketball? We we need it for the next Olympics. That's telling a lot to Robert Zachary, Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> Tristan Thompson. Uh, who's the guy in Dallas? Kelly Olynyk. Who's the guy in Dallas? Oh, uh, Powell. Powell. Even I don't know how he's still playing after tearing his Achilles like that. Yep. But but yes. Anyways. That I just left that for you. That was a little bit of. You want to do a Canadian segment? We'll, we'll do one. We'll do one. But we're, we're gonna have to search up these guys because it seems like every time I'm like, "Who is this?" Oh yeah, he's Canadian, and I'm like, "What?" Well, that's what that was you on draft night when I kept telling you about that. Yeah, I'm just like, "What?" And then been watching Benedict Matherin, and holy, oh, man, that guy can shoot. He's a man crush. He is. See, I I, I love him. When he's confident, he will take the shot. Almost Problem right is, there. there are Save it for the next segment. There are a couple times when he's not making the shots, and then he starts second guessing himself. That's every person. No, but this—that's every hooper no, that starts out. He, yeah, he's if he can get over that. My goodness! Oh my god! Anyways, I mean, it was Nick. It was um. So it was fun chatting with you. Exactly. You know, I'm happy to discuss this with you. I think you really want to do a Canadian segment. I think we'll save that for next time, like we said. Anyways, it's always been a pleasure and a treat to host you and talk with you about hoops. All right, Nick. Thanks a lot for hosting, bro. Bye-bye. Bye.